What's up, OUXers? Just a few announcements before I jump into introducing our guest today, the lovely and talented Amanda Worthington, one of my favorite people on the planet. I've got uh, a job congrats, a freebie, and a few changes to the self-paced OUX masterclass that I want to talk to you about. So first, congratulations to Mike Vogel of Cohort 3, who will soon be starting at Apple, thanks to a job posted on the OUX Forum job board by David Cow, also from Cohort 3. So Mike's had an illustrious career at Disney for the last, I don't know, million years or so. Uh, So I know that this is going to be a really exciting change for him, especially since uh, one of the reasons he's been hired is for his OUX prowess. So congratulations, Mike. Uh, Really excited for you. Okay. Also, so a freebie. I have a free, a free freebie, a ninety-minute training available for you. So this training is a deep dive on the four UX mistakes that OUX especially helps prevent: um, masked objects, isolated objects, shapeshifters, and broken objects. So I've got a ton of new examples from Netflix and Expedia and Starbucks and a whole lot more. So it's a really great intro to Object or in UX, and it will leave you with the ability to recognize these mistakes and give you four new UX heuristics that you can apply to future work. So you get through this 90-minute training. I guarantee if you are if you don't know what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about shapeshifters and isolated objects and masked objects and broken objects. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I guarantee that in these 90 minutes, you will become a better UX designer. Being able to recognize these in um, in your work and your colleagues' work, uh, recognizing them all over the internet and software, um, recognizing them as the first key to being able to fix them. And fixing them is actually pretty simple. Uh, so you will immediately be able to take this training and start applying it to your work as soon as you're finished. So if you want to sign up for that training, you can go to ouxcom slash four mistakes. And that's actually the number four. So that's ouxcom slash four mistakes. Of course, the link will be in the show notes. Okay, so a few changes we have coming to the self-paced OUX masterclass. So that has been self-paced, meaning completely on your own, as opposed to being in a cohort and going through the material with a cohort. You're um, traditionally, traditionally for the last few months that we've had it available, you really are just taking in all this lecture content by yourself. So we realize that people need a little bit more support. Um, So we are making some enhancements to the program so that you're not learning so much in a vacuum. Um, A lot of online courses are like that. You know, you just go through the videos and hope you're doing everything right. OUX, sometimes uh, just the feedback that we've gotten is that some people just don't know if they're doing it right. So one thing that we're introducing is we're going to have a peer-to-peer Slack group. So, of course, that'll be invite only. So it's just for people that are going through that masterclass and they can you can share work with each other and answer each other's questions. Uh, OUX mentors, so certified strategists who have... Um, who have become OUX mentors, they will also be in that group and be offering up their time um, to to help out with um, with the more sticky parts of the OUX process. Another thing that that I will be doing is probably on an, like a, a every other week basis, I'll be going through and looking at the hotspots in that peer to peer group. So. 
the big questions that people are struggling with, a lot of the where all the discussion is happening. And I'll be making a 30 to 45 minute video going over those frequently asked questions, the most popular questions, the most popular discussion topics. So those are some really exciting enhancements we have coming, probably be launching those in the next month or so. So be patient with us as we kind of get our ducks in a row to make all of that happen. Um, And once you uh, once you enroll in that self-paced OUX masterclass, you have unlimited. You're going to have unlimited lifetime, forever access to that Slack group, um, to the videos, to the mentors. So um, once you're in, you're in, which is pretty amazing. Of course, I would have to say, of course, um, barring death, zombie apocalypse, um, <laughs> alien invasion. So all of those links will be in the show notes. But if you have a pen, just to recap, it's ouxcom slash four mistakes with the number four. And um, oh, I don't even think I said this before, but if you are interested in that OUX masterclass, another easy URL, ouxcom slash masterclass. All right. So let's... Uh, Let's learn a little bit about Amanda Worthington. So I like to say that Amanda Worthington is probably the best thing that happened to me, best person that happened to me in 2019. So she morphed in 2019 from a mentee to a friend to a collaborator and now um, organizer of the, the UX Hustle Summit, which is a conference, a UX career conference that I started in 2018. I ran it in, by myself in 2018 and 2019 with a lot of volunteer help as well. Um, and then in 2020, Amanda came on as the uh, as the organizer and did about 90% of the work in the planning for that third year. And, um, and now for year four, which is happening in September, she is completely running the show pretty much. Um, so th- really the only thing better truly, then creating something you are incredibly proud of is handing that thing off to someone you love, someone that you are immensely proud of, and someone you know will do even better than you <laughs> growing and shepherding that thing, which is what I'm experiencing with Amanda, which is amazing. So she's taking the conference. She's also taken over the UX Hustle podcast um, and doing amazing things with both of those, as well as with object-oriented UX. So Amanda has leveraged her experience in civil engineering and software consulting to break into UX. And in the last three years, her rise to leadership in our field has just been amazing to watch. So she's really passionate also about helping new UXers translate their particular backgrounds into UX careers that they love. And she's doing this with the UX Hustle and also with her wonderful course, the UX Portfolio Power Play. And Amanda's doing something really cool with both of these, sort of mashing them up. Uh, And you can totally jump on board with this if you've been wanting to update or create uh, an amazing UX portfolio. So what Amanda's doing is she's running a cohort of this six-week course leading up to the summit at the end of September and is providing really cool ways for course participants to then showcase their new portfolio at the summit. So there is just so much value in this course. I actually took it myself. I'm speaking from experience to help out with OUX.com and Rewired UX. So even if it's like portfolio slash personal brand site, um, this course definitely encompasses all of that. Um, So, but the, the cool thing about this particular cohort is there's just such extra value 
and simply having a built-in deadline too. So you'll get a free ticket to the summit with this cohort, um, which is a nice extra, nice extra value add there. Um, but just with that, not only the ticket to the summit, but the ability to showcase your portfolio at the summit you have a built-in deadline. So if you really just want to get this done, uh, this is, uh, I think this would be a great option for you. So she's going to be talking about the UX Portfolio Power Play more in this episode and just and giving you some really amazing actionable advice on UX Portfolio creation and, of course, on how OUX fits into that. And yes, there is a whole module on OUX in your portfolio within this course. Um, no previous experience necessary. So if you are already ready to grab a spot, you can go to uxhustle.org slash PPP. So that's another easy URL that we will have linked in the show notes. Okay, without further ado, let's go talk to Amanda. Welcome to the Object Ordered UX podcast, a podcast about tackling complexity head on, gracefully organizing massive amounts of information, and designing scalable, future-proof, and of course, naturally intuitive object-oriented user experiences. An OUXer is a powerful blend of information architect, business analyst, facilitator, and UX strategist. If this sounds like you or what you aspire to, you are so in the right place. I'm Sophia Prater, UX designer, chief evangelist of object or UX, and your host. Let's jump into it. Amanda Worthington, welcome to the OUX podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sophia. So a ton has happened since we last spoke on a podcast. Um, We actually, you were my last interviewee when I was the host of the UX Hustle podcast. So we spoke on that. That episode came out, I think, September of 2020. Um, and this was right before, like a lot was going on then in September of 2020. So this was right before you took up, well, you'd already taken over the UX Hustle Summit and we were handing off the UX Hustle podcast, which is due for a relaunch soon. Just launched an episode today. Holy moly, big day. So by the time (laughs) you all are listening to this out there, um, there should be maybe even another episode out. So UX Hustle Podcast is now um, back up and running with Amanda as the host. Um, So what else was going on at that time? You had had just finished the beta certification course for OEUX. So you would become a certified OUX strategist. I think I was wrapping up the second round of that. Um, And the big thing is, is you had just left your job um, as a a UX researcher to strike out on your own. So like so much was happening in September (laughs) of 2020, last time we officially spoke um, on a podcast. Um, And just in full transparency for anyone that's listening, Amanda and I talk like once a week at least. So I know what's been going on with you in the last year, but can you update all of the listeners on what what's happened in the last year in your world? Yeah. So this year has been crazy, (laughs) as you said. Um, Yeah. I've launched my own business, which to also to be fair, was something that I had as a side hustle for a really long time. And so I had been building up my client base and, you know, the way my process of working and how I worked with clients and went into that full time, uh, really 
yeah, September, 2020 <laughs> at the same time as UX hustle summit and, uh, what else? And then I also launched a UX portfolio course, um, at UX hustle summit. And that was for UX designers that were there. Um, what else? We're on to UX Hustle Summit 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and well, let's, let's talk about yeah. the um, the UX portfolio power play, because I think that's one of the coolest things that you put out <laughs> last year. Um, so I actually took your course, um, which and I took your course to help me with OUX.com and Rewired UX. So kind of these two websites, and I was trying to figure out what belonged on what website. And I got so much out of that course. I am still going through my notes and I'm still like trying to implement and process all the things that I got out of that course when I took your course. Um, so can you, can let's just back up a little bit. Like what motivated you to create a UX portfolio course? What kind of problems were you trying to solve for folks? What were you seeing in the industry that was sort of frustrating you or making you angry that you were like, okay, this thing needs to be out in the world. Yeah. So for me, I came into UX design with a different background than a lot of other people that I had seen, you know, breaking into UX. So I was a civil engineering major. I was a software consultant, um, implementation consultant, and then support, uh, worked in customer support after that. And I didn't have a visual design background. And I felt like a lot of the way people were talking about portfolios and the way people were looking at them were very uh, with that visual design background in mind. And so I felt really intimidated making my portfolio, mm. um, especially right out the gate. And that's something that you need <laughs> to get a job. So it felt like this trap <laughs> that I had to figure out and had to get through just in order to get to the next level in my career. And I really struggled with feeling authentic as a designer and in my journey and with highlighting my strengths while also needing to put it out in this portfolio format. And once I was able to, once I took object-oriented UX, that actually helped a lot of unlocking that, being able to highlight what was important to me, what my strengths were, what those other objects were that made me a full rounded designer, uh, rather than just looking at my projects and my case studies and how I would form format those individual areas. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of designers struggle with that of how do I stand out in a good way <laughs> and not in a bad way? And how do I feel confident with that, uh, either with job interviews or with that portfolio? Um, cause it is one of the first things people will look at and you want to feel confident when you send out those links, when you send out your resume and you really want to everybody's like, show, like be a reflection of you in a way that it's going to get you the right job too. Exactly. Right. So that it's showing, I, I, I love the saying you get the work you show and that comes into play on like which projects you pick, but also how you actually structure the portfolio. Exactly. Exactly. Cause, um, especially when you don't have a lot of experience to show, you just want to put everything out there, um, and be able to highlight 
you know, whatever projects you have, which makes sense. I mean, show what you got also. Um, but once you have a few projects under your belt and there are certain, um, areas that you want to focus on more, even if they're side projects, even if they're, um, like theoretical projects, sometimes if that's the work that you really want to showcase and you really want to explain to people, I know for object oriented UX, I've seen a few people do that with their portfolios of taking a project where they wanted to dive deep in OUX and be able to show and highlight that to potential employers. And that's important, right? It's not just about the project. It's also about your process and what opportunities you get to employ different, (laughs) different processes that you want to explore and that you want to showcase. Yeah. And going back to that, like that visual design heavy, which I I hope, hopefully we're, we're moving past that, this idea of like, you need to show these like polished, finished, uh, designs that you've created, um, that it needs to look like, you know, a, a dribble feed or something of all this like polished UI, uh, the cool thing about OUX and some of the artifacts that are created through OUX is that it can like visually show that abstract thinking in a way that, um, that to be honest, is pretty impressive. <laughs> you know, you've got your system model and your object map and the nav flows and all that stuff. Um, there is a lot of thinking behind it, but it also kind of like, it just showcases it really nicely. And there's a lot of like fun colors involved. Um, so we've kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm big on showing instead of telling. And so if you can visually display something and meaning your process and the aspects of your process and the artifacts, like you mentioned, um, and showcase that, I think that's really powerful instead of trying to use a lot of words that honestly, not a people, not a lot of people are going to read, um, and being able to do that in a way that makes sense to people. I think there's a lot of power in uh, like visual communication yes, and just being able to display that and show that skill in your portfolio shows like what you would be able to do in the workplace. And I think that's a really powerful skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely spot on. So can you, um, can you kind of walk us through the UX portfolio power play sort of the process that you put people through? Um, can maybe even give us some hot tips along the way? Um, yeah, just kind of how, how do you, how do you structure the course and can you kind of help people along who might be in the middle of working on their portfolio or working on their website? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the course, the way I've thought about it is I start with mindset, which I haven't seen a lot of people talk about in, in UX of how do you figure out where you want to focus and to me, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, one of the things that gets me really excited about UX Hustle and about this portfolio course is the idea that you are the user of your career. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that because we're so used to looking outside of ourselves for answers and for research and for, you know, to question our own biases and, you know, get that valid information. Uh, that when it comes to our careers, we don't always take the time to look at what do we really want? What are we really good at? What are our strengths? Where do we want our careers to go? Instead of just um, reacting or responding to what job descriptions are out there or 
what people are looking yes, for. Yes, trying to constantly mold ourselves to a market um, or to a hiring manager, which is important. We need to understand that. We need to understand the users of our portfolio. But that mindset module is all about making sure that first and foremost, you being a user of your own career and that that career, that you know, your portfolio is going to it's going to direct your career in many ways. Again, it's coming back to like, you get the work you show, how you're putting yourself out there. It's one of the first things that hiring managers are going to look at. And you want to start having those, right, those, the right conversations with people, with the right people. And um, doing that, doing that groundwork first is so important. So what kind of things, like what kind of questions should people be sort of, can you give us like a question to journal on as far as mindset? Like what would be a good one? I know you go over a lot uh, in the course, but like <laughs> there is, there's so much, um, honestly, to me, one of the most impactful experiences for me was looking back at my past experiences of what, what did I really enjoy about my past careers, about, uh, different situations that I was in that really stood out to me in my career. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to look at those, um, cause I think sometimes especially if you're transitioning your career from one area into UX, it's easy to discount those past experiences and see them as a liability mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're having those job and career conversations. But for me, I always look at them as an asset and think about how can I take that information and use it now? and use it as leverage to show why I'm a great candidate and why I'm really good at this. Yeah. And there's kind of like those two parts to it, like why you're a great candidate. Um, how do you, how do you sort of frame it? How do you frame that past experience, but also how do you get inspiration from that past experience for the, again, going back to the type of work that you're going to enjoy and the type of work that you want to get. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and being able to look at those strengths and have real conversations with humans about it. Um, that was something I realized, I don't know, I wouldn't say pretty quickly, but as I realized how much I loved public speaking and I loved going to events, I loved, uh, networking and meeting new people that I really needed to be at a place that saw that as an asset Mm -hmm. and as a tool um, for our design team, for the company. And if they weren't bought into that, that would be really challenging for me. Um, and, and that was one of the great things that I did find was I had built this personal brand a little bit around my strengths that I had rediscovered and been the go-to person for there's a meetup tonight or such and such company is having a bunch of people at top golf who wants to go. I know Amanda will. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an asset. Okay. So mindset. And then what's next is branding yourself. So that leads, leads into the personal branding element of what's your mission statement. Um, and what are your key stories? Mm-hmm. I think especially when you get into interviews, the questions that people ask, I mean, are similar (laughs) um, or have similar themes. And I think there's certain aspects that you want to highlight and 
there are certain key stories that tie well with what your strengths are and what you want to focus on. And so how can you prepare and just know the stories that you want to tell yourself to remind yourself what those strengths Mm -hmm. are, but then also be able to tell other people that as well. Yeah, that's, that's so important. I mean, one, it's just a key skill as a UX designer to be a good storyteller. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes the questions might be a little bit different, but having a few of those, those, what you call key stories in your back pocket. So it could be a, you know, uh, it could be two, two, two totally different questions. You could still use the same key story to answer two totally different questions. And I think that's also a, you know, feeling really confident going into the interview, knowing that you have some of those key stories in your back pocket, I think is gold. Okay. So after we've got the, um, we've got the mindset, we've got the personal branding. What's next? Oh, you Xing your portfolio. Yeah. (laughs) And you do such an amazing job. Like in that, in that module, I was just like jaw on the ground because, um, my course on the, the, the OUX masterclass is 22.5 hours worth of video content. And you do a really good job of very succinctly explaining what OUX is, explaining the value and going into how to apply it to your portfolio. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but um, well, you, you already are on the spot, but um for those that might be coming into this uh, conversation, uh, maybe they're a fan of you or UX Hustle, but they really don't know much about OUX. So we keep throwing around this term, OUX. Can you explain to those folks quickly, like what is object-oriented UX and why did you decide to include it in, in this course? Sure. So object-oriented UX is taking, is figuring out what the building blocks are that make up a product or a website or a portfolio in this case. And I think, and even deeper than that, the building blocks that make up the actual thing. So in the case of a portfolio, it's you as a designer. It's you as a professional. If it's, I'm trying to think of another example. So when you say building blocks, I'm going to play the devil's advocate right now. When you say building blocks, <laughs> are you talking about like the buttons and the nav bar and all the little components? No. Same thing as a design system? <laughs> no, no. It's the actual, um, it's the meat of it. It's the, the reusable aspects, um, the reusable, I don't want to say content. I, yeah. I'm trying very hard not to say objects. Um, Conce- it's, it's like those the reusable pieces, right? Like not, yes. not the packaging, but the stuff that is in the packaging and figuring out in your course, you know, figuring out what are the things that make up me as a designer. Right. Like case study is one mm-hmm. that we all know we all have. And typically in a lot of portfolios, that's the only real object. Um, which is fine. When I had my portfolio where I only had case study as my only object, it felt really incomplete to me. Um, and it was, how am I more than just my work? And how do I bring more than just my work to my career? 
Um, cause I do bring other aspects of myself and we all do. And I hope we all do. Uh, that's something that's important to me of wanting to show up fully as myself and being comfortable doing that. And to show kind of like the dynamic nature of us as people, because if you just have, I mean, when I look at a portfolio and I see two things across the nav bar, I see about, and I see projects, you just created a navigation that every like 99% of UX portfolios have about, which goes to your little bio. And maybe you can download your resume and click over to LinkedIn. And then you go to projects and you have a bunch of cards that list your projects and you can click into a detail page. And then you can see all the things about the project. And it's probably a ton of TLDR. And then you can either click back or maybe you can click to the next project, or you might see related projects. Like you literally are putting the exact same information architecture out there. So even though you have, maybe you're showing really amazing information architecture within those projects, but you're not, you're just showing and not telling you're, you're not walking the walk, right? You're not actually creating that experience for somebody to kind of get to know you through different types of things. So like other than for everybody that's listening and they're like, "Uh oh, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what my portfolio looks like. Like what other types of objects might somebody include in a, in a UX portfolio and how do you figure out which ones are right for you? Well, some examples that I've loved are resources like articles, even if they're not ones that you've written articles that you've read that you really align with mm-hmm. and like your analysis on them. Really yeah. I mean, I mean, and if you want to take it a step further then yeah, adding your own analysis, but I think even just in a basic sense of reposting other people's content and of course giving them credit and linking back to them and all of that, but, and, and even meetups, meetups that you like going to, that you're going to anyway. So you might as well tell people that you're going and show, you know, the different, again, the different areas within UX that you're really interested in, that you're learning about that show that you're going an extra step, an extra mile than other people. Oh my gosh. And, like and meetups would be, you could have just here. I went to this meetup link to the meetup. Here's the event that I went to. And here's my top three takeaways. Here's what I learned. Exactly. Take nine minutes to write that. Yep. I mean, I, and that's not a lot of work. And it's, if it's something that you enjoy doing, that's usually a good sign that you should just do it. (laughs) Um, if you, if you hate going to meetups and you hate, you, you don't find them valuable and you are going to be curmudgeony about writing your write-ups after, then don't do that. Um, it's not supposed to be like adding to your to-do list. To me, it's, um, it's documenting. Like I've heard people talk about this about social media. You and I talked about this of when it's, when you're documenting what's happening in your life and posting it, it's not, you're not creating something out of thin air. Uh It's already there. You're just taking a picture of it and letting people know about it and giving providing value that they wouldn't have found otherwise. I mean, events that you go to is such a great example of an object, because just like you were saying, if you enjoy going to events, yeah, put that out there because it tells people that are looking at your portfolio, it tells something about you. It shows that, Hey, 
I'm the type of person that likes going to events. I like going and meeting new people. If it's an agency that's looking at it, they might think, okay, this person might be good as a client facing person. Um, if you don't like going to meetups and that's not your thing, don't put it on there because you don't want to show that. Maybe it's books. Maybe you love reading and it's all the books that you've read. And it's basically your bookshelf list of all of your books and a few lines and maybe link to your Amazon review of the book or something like that. So again, like some one person might have events as another object to complement their case studies or projects. Another person might have books. Um, can you give us just a few other examples of other objects somebody might consider putting in their UX portfolio? Sure. I mean, podcast is another great one. Um, what else? What about things that are more abstract? Like what about skill? Like a skill? Skill is a great one. I really, I really like skill. I, I, I really like anything that's a category yeah. like that, where you can tag projects or tag uh, different other objects that you have that can show a theme or a trend in what you're interested in or in what you're focusing right, on. That's areas of focus. And, and sometimes I think about it in terms of what would be helpful for me. Sometimes it's me figuring out what I'm really interested in right now because I'm so close to it that I don't really notice. Mm -hmm. And so if I have a whole bunch of articles that I've been reading over the last month and I'm just, as I'm reading them, I'm tagging them with different categories or um, or something like that. At the end of the month, I'm able to look back and be like, well, I'm really interested in research right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and now I can be more intentional about, you know, looking at those things and being, and asking myself, what am I really interested about in research? Where can I be more, even more intentional about where I'm getting that information from and showcase that more boldly. Mm -hmm in my portfolio or in conversations at work and things like that. So just to paint a picture for folks. So let's say, for example, you are very interested in getting a UX research position. So maybe under your, instead of just projects and about, you also have areas of focus. Hiring manager clicks on areas of focus. And we've got a couple big, nice bubbles that say something like uh, virtual ethnographic research. Uh, card sorting and give me another. Oh, um, uh, yes. Uh, uh, research, uh, OUX style research or something like that. Uh, and noun foraging or something. Yeah. So you have some different methods, these areas of focus and the hiring manager's like, that's interesting. That's actually exactly the type of person we're looking for. They click on that and they not only, now we have, we're going to the virtual ethnographic research landing page within your portfolio. And you can see maybe two case studies that included that. And then you scroll down, it's here's all the stuff that I'm reading about virtual ethnographic research. You didn't write any of these articles. It's just the stuff that you're reading, linking out to other folks. Here's some events that I've gone to that have touched on this and some of my key takeaways from those events. Like you're in the door, right? You're, you're, <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you, and you look like a baller, an expert, and it's, you're creating a really rich experience yeah. for that hiring manager, for that user that's coming to your portfolio to learn more information. And 
when you see that information, when you see that page that you've created of all that information that you've consumed and or created yourself, you feel a lot more confident talking about virtual ethnographic research. Heck yeah. Because you just see a giant page of that on your on your website mm-hmm. that you did. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So awesome. Okay. So I think we've covered that really nicely. What's after, like after we figured out your objects and of course the relationships between those objects, just like we were talking about, how does a skill relate to a case study? How does a, how does a case study even maybe relate to a book? Uh, what's, what's after that? Designing. Oh, finally. <laughs> so after all of that, we're finally designing and incorporating because what I do like about the way I've set up these modules, um, and each of these modules lines up with weeks in the course that we're doing little bits here and there to actually get you to the place of designing. So we've already come up with your personal branding, your colors and fonts and um, the things you want to focus on. Then we put together those objects, started sketching what those different objects can look like so that they uh, are recognizable and distinguishable from each other and know how they relate so that we can have an idea of how we would want to display those on a page. And then we're really putting it all together on actual pages at that point of what do you want your portfolio to look like? And, and then it just stops there, right? Then, (laughs) then, and then you go, what do you do? You like, just go pop it over into Squarespace or something or hand code it all. No. Heck no. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. No, no, we use Webflow and Webflow is so much fun to use, especially when you've been designing with OUX in mind, because the Webflow CMS works just as it should (laughs) with, with OUX. Before I switched to Webflow, I was using WordPress and I was I made my portfolio OOUXE and was really proud, but it was such a pain to keep updated because anytime I needed to change a connection or change a relationship or add on to things, it was like reinventing the wheel and just felt like such a huge, heavy lift. Mm. And with Webflow, I don't have that problem. I'm able to update connections and update the CMS in an easy way so that once I've designed my pages and my objects once, when I add new content, it just works and leverages the templates and the designs that I've already created so that I don't have to worry about that. And that's just so important. I mean, keeping it up to date, that is one of the biggest struggles people have is maybe you, you do this big effort to get your portfolio out there. And then in six months, you're like, oh, now I have to update my portfolio and add these new projects, which is something that you could be spending 20 minutes a week on and always just have it current, always ready. Yes. Um, and you and I think that's what's interesting about those those other objects besides projects that are easy to update that get you in your portfolio more often and get you thinking about it more often. Like if you're going to an event every month or every couple of weeks, you can go into your portfolio and update it and just do that little, like make a title, add the date, add the link and post it. 
<laughs> it's, it's so interesting also how this is like such a kind of a virtuous cycle because knowing that you have that there, that you've created that structure, so easy to add it. It's going to one, encourage you to continue to go to meetups and then be really present at those meetups. Cause you're like, I want to, you know, I want to make sure I've got my three takeaways so that I can add it to my website. And I've actually not just added a thrown a piece of content out there, but you've actually created value. So for everybody that didn't go to the meetup, you've given a few, a few juicy nuggets, and you're also helping promote that meetup for the organizers, which is always really nice to do as well. Um, so you're creating value, but it's just this beautiful virtuous cycle of now that the system is there and you have this, you've created a custom stage basically. And now you want to like get stuff on that stage and it's really absolutely fun. So going back, I call it like a vision board (laughs) of like you're even when you just create the space for it, even if you haven't published anything to it, knowing that the space is there makes you want to do more, Uh makes you want to fill it because you've already thought about the content of it. So it's like, if I put speaking events, that was something I was always thinking about of, well, I have it right there, just ready and waiting. What conference am I going to pop in there? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's such good advice. Like for anybody, I mean, that's a great example for anybody out there that wants to get into speaking. If you're listening to this, you're working on your portfolio, you want to do some more speaking events, go ahead and make that an object. Even if you have zero, make it an object. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of manifestation here, maybe, but like make it an object figure out the structure, figure out like how it connects to the other objects, put it into your content management system so that it's there and it's ready. And that is going to prime you. I mean, absolutely. Amanda's heavy nodding right now. I am. Yes. That's exactly what slow, happened. Slow, heavy <laughs> so, nod. <laughs> it's, I mean, because it, because you have that structure in place that helps so much mm. of like, it's not just a fluffy, some conference somewhere that I'm going to speak at. It's no, it's going to be this, this conference with this title, with this date, with this website link. I'm going to have this talk that is attached to this conference that I'm speaking at. And I'm, you know, that means I could have multiple talks and that I'm speaking at multiple conferences. Is and how would that work? Like those relationships get really exciting. Yes, definitely. So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there was a piece also in the course, and I might be crossing my wires. It's sort of Jessica Evans inspired um, from her talk. I think it was her first talk, and or her her talk in 2018 at our first UX Hustle, where she talked about the career management document. Was that the CMD? Yep. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And so, yeah. So the fifth module is all about Webflow and actually building your site in Webflow um, and doing that the first time. And then the sixth module is about maintaining your portfolio. And how do you, how do you get those assets together um, as you're working on something, um, reflecting on your career on a regular basis? of what did I really enjoy doing this week? What didn't I enjoy doing this week? What projects were really heavy on my mind and which ones did I kind of neglect? And, you know, what were the actual activities that I did and who was involved in them? Where did I feel like I did a a really great job, like a brag worthy job? And where do I want to improve next week? And 
And this really gets into some of the stuff because I'm excited to talk about your business too, but like this totally gets into some of the stuff that you do for your clients, which is a whole lot of automation and helping them run their business. So I, I'm remembering it now. You have a whole setup on how you can like create a form and air table. You could probably use Notion too and like automate mm-hmm. emails to yourself, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Because what so many of us found... <laughs> It's so funny from UX Hustle 2018, there were a bunch of us that I would talk to and we all had the same meeting (laughs) invite on our calendars every Friday that we all ignored. And, and that's so interesting because for me, I, um, what was that meeting? And I know that meeting that you were ignoring the career management work on career management document. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, oh, I blocked off this time on my calendar every Friday and every Friday came and went. And we were like, shoot, I always mean to, but I just never do. And so for me, I needed a a different system for that. And so I created a system that would email to me because I'm more responsive to emails than I am those kind of calendar notifications. Um, And then I created a form because I'm more likely to just fill out a form than I am to, I don't know, open a document and and actually fill out a document. That's it's basically just asking a lot of me, apparently (laughs) greasing the wheels. It's the same idea as like putting your, picking out your running clothes the night before and like putting them by the Mm -hmm. door. So that's just, it's easy for you. Get you sent your past. You has sent present you an email and it's like, here's the things you need to put. Here's the structure of it. And you can kind of brain dump, um, I think that's genius. And you could apply it to so many things, anything that you want to reflect on, anything that you want to be doing on a regular basis. Uh, you could, you could use that methodology. So it's a, it's a little, it's just Airtable. And then is there, is there any kind of Zapier involved or is it just straight from Airtable to your email? There is, there's a Zapier zap that sends the form to me every week. That's amazing. And that's it. Yeah. And you, and you show everybody how to do that, of course, like kind of the nitty. Yeah. I show everybody how to do it. I, I think I share like mine. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is how I work. Yeah. And it's here. This is mine. Copy it, copy the format and just go for it. So I feel, so we've kind of went through the backbone of the course. Hopefully that's really helpful for people and they can kind of take that and run with it and start thinking about their own portfolio. But for anybody that actually wants to take your course, Yes. Yeah, we've got some like <laughs> we've do. got a really cool kind of deal for UX Hustle Summit and your course. So can you kind of like talk to people about how that how that would work, how that works? Yes. So right now, with we just launched UX Hustle Summit tickets today, and we have early bird pricing through I think it's July 24th. Okay. And as part of the early bird tickets. We're also doing a bundle with the UX Portfolio Power Play. So if you sign up for UX Portfolio Power Play before July 24th, you're getting, you're automatically getting a ticket to UX Hustle Summit. That's amazing. Which is so and fun. So this episode <laughs> is coming out on July, on July 22nd. So if you're listening now, like you have two days, you have two days to go and get one of those probably will be, there'll be very few spots left. If any spots left, hopefully there'll be some spots left in uh UX portfolio power play, but to get that super early bird pricing, what oh, well, no, you don't even get, you just get the UX hustle summit for free. Right. Yeah. You just get the, yeah. So, and, and I love how it's set up because basically the timing 
how, when does the, how does the timing work of that? So when you're, when you basically go through the six week course, the six modules, and then do you have a little bit of time before the hustle or is it like, then the, the summit is just happening? Yeah. So you have a little bit of time between the end of the course and the summit. And that's really just to get any questions that you have, especially around Webflow. I found it to be really helpful to have some extra time, uh, for any technical questions and just making sure that you feel really great about the way your portfolio is published in Webflow. And then, and then we're ready for the summit. And what's great about that is you have a baked in deadline of showing up to the summit with a ready, beautiful, confident, uniquely you portfolio that you can show to, you know, all the attendees and the companies that'll be there, our sponsors that are there for hiring and looking for UX designers. And because the timing is so perfect and beautiful, we're also working on how to highlight your portfolio on the main stage of showing so that everyone can look at how amazing your portfolio turned out and get a better picture of who you are as a designer. I I mean, it's just like for anybody out there who has been, their portfolio has been languishing. They might be thinking about getting back into the job market or not, or just like you want to have a portfolio out there for speaking gigs or, you know, your own personal brand or freelance work. I mean, maybe you're perfectly happy where you are, but you still need to have a website. It doesn't really have to be a UX portfolio for this course. It can just be like, you need to have a website out there for yourself. You can sign up for Amanda's course. She will like walk you through all these steps. We basically just walk through, but like in depth, walk you through all of these steps. Um, and then you sort of end up with a few little weeks to, to tighten everything up. And then you've got the UX Hustle Summit there, which is that baked-in deadline, which there's just so much value in that baked-in deadline, the, the forced functions, which uh, Jason Ogle and I talked about in uh, previous episodes. So love those forced functions where you kind of like, you make the investment in yourself and you say, we're going to do this. And Amanda gives you all the tools you need. And then you have a platform and a showcase um, at the end of September. So exactly. Oh, and it's not just a course that you go through by yourself. Um, It's not just self-paced. We have weekly group calls and they're brunch group calls because that's sounded way more fun to me. (laughs) So that's what we're doing. And, and so you really get to know the other people that are taking this course with you. And I think for me, when I was designing and building this course, that was really important to me of having that support system. I think that talking about your career in general can be a really vulnerable thing, especially if you're in a place where you're not happy. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard to talk about that and to work through it. Um, but what I've loved about the UX community is just how kind and I know empathetic gets thrown around <laughs> a lot, but just how kind and authentic and open people are. And that is a really big part of this course to me of it's helping you figure out and uncover, not even figure out, uncover like your strengths, what's really important to you, and then helping you showcase that online. And yeah, those brunches are going to be so cool because I mean, they definitely were last year when I took the course, it was so fun. I think I showed it to every single one and looked forward to it every week. Uh, cause it's just such an awesome group of people that were highly motivated, um, 
really eager and just super smart, sharp people. But then you all get to go to the conference together. Exactly. It it is a virtual (laughs) conference, but we learned so much last year. I think we knocked it out of the park last year, but we learned so much about how to create like a warm, engaging, like tangible, juicy virtual event that feels like you're there, you're doing, you're making real connections. And and so coming into it, you already sort of have brands baked in coming into it. So exactly, I'm just so excited about it. Okay. And that you have people that are going to cheer you on. Yes, Like, I think that's so important of just like, we work really hard on creating this portfolio and putting it in a way that you feel really great about. And that we all just want to support each other and see the other people succeed. And I think doing that at the conference is just a really like celebratory icing on the cake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the the value, there's just so much value there and, you know, feeling really great about your portfolio, but also knowing that anybody that contacts you through that portfolio is going to be, is going to be really aligned to you. So it'll just, it'll help you get the right job. And what is the value of that? I mean, being able to get yourself positioned in the type of job that's going to make you happy. So, okay. We only have a few minutes left, but I do want to talk about your business and how you're using OUX in your business. So awkward pause, awkward pause. Hi Luke. Hi Luke. Hi Luke. Please (laughs) edit this out, please. (laughs) <laughs> we like toes. So Amanda, in your business, can you talk talk to us about who who are your clients? What type of people do you work with? And um, what do you what do you do for them in your day-to-day business? <laughs> sure. Because the UX hustle <laughs> is only part of what you do. <laughs> it is. It is. Um yeah. So for my business. I help service-based businesses specifically, really anybody who does coaching, whether that's fitness coaching, I have a few fitness clients or dog trainers. My dog trainer is one of my clients, which is really fun. Um, But even mindset, business coaching, um, I was talking to someone who does, helps uh, business owners with hiring strategies and, or email marketing coaches. Um, there's so many service-based businesses out there that have uh, different ways of doing things. And so that's who I primarily help. Yeah. Like people maybe even that coach in object or in UX. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm a client in all transparency here. <laughs> Sophia's also a here client. There. We're, uh, we're working on some fun stuff for OUX.com. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so such good alignment. I mean, you are coaching people through UX hustle. Um, you are yourself mm-hmm. a UX coach, but then you are mm-hmm. doing UX and web design and building, um, for other coaches. So it's just like, yes, it's just a beautiful yin and a yang there. Um, <laughs> so, um, where does OUX come into the process when you're working with like your dog trainer or a fitness trainer? Um, how does it help you work with your clients and maybe even like plan out the content of, of what the, what their digital presence is going to be? It helps with everything. Um, <laughs> I do it pretty immediately of even on that first discovery call that I have with somebody I'm as they're speaking. And I, as I'm asking questions, a lot of my questions have to do with 
the objects and the relationships between objects Mm -hmm. and getting clear on what I see a lot of what's the difference between your course and your membership and your mastermind and uh, your one-on-one services and like, how are each of those things different and what, um, how do we want to differentiate those things? Mm -hmm. Or do you not see them as that different? And maybe that's part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not Um, clear to people that are coming to your site on what the difference is between these things. Exactly. And I've seen that a lot with, depending on what uh, website platform people use. Um, Some website platforms lump all those things together. And so you don't have a lot of flexibility in how you display them or even really how you structure them. Um, like from a financial standpoint of how you charge people for them, how are they different and what access do people get on in different, um, when they have different services or products. Um, yeah. And so I end up figuring out what their objects are pretty early on and then using that to inform if we do need to change website platforms in that case and making the case with them. At this point, I've learned that most people trust me (laughs) when I tell them that they need to switch a website platform uh, for different reasons. But for me, I always go through the due diligence of making sure it makes sense for them. Um, I I don't put people on Webflow unless I know that it's the right choice for them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you kind of figured out what their things are very similar to how you help people with the UX portfolio power play. Like what are the things in your world that you're offering to people? How do all these things connect and how do we serve them up? But interestingly, like you're doing the build too. So you're building and in, in web, Webflow is part of your tech stack, um, but you're using tell me, tell me about like all the tools that you use. What's your, what's, what's your tech stack? Like list like the top five after Webflow. Cause I know that there's quite a few. Um, yeah, there are quite a few active campaign is a big one. Um, it's email marketing, but their automation flows are really robust and can be used for a lot of things outside of just email marketing. Um, what else? Webflow, of course, member stack mm-hmm. is, um, membership platform <clears throat> that integrates with Webflow. Uh, Circle is a community platform uh, that takes people for, um, for some of my clients, they're used to having a Facebook group mm-hmm. uh, that they run aspects of their business through. And for some business reasons, people want to get away from Facebook groups sometimes. And so Circle is a good alternative for that. What else? Uh, you're not using, are you using Zapier anymore or is it mostly Integromat? It's both. Okay. <laughs> it ends right. up being both. Other various forms um, of internet glue. Yes. I, yeah, I end up going back and forth between those two, uh, Integromat and Zapier. That's a lot right there. So you, so what I think is so interesting about what you've done with your career is you're, you're doing, you're doing the events, which you love. You're doing that thought leadership, which you love, and you're actually coaching yourself, which you love. And then you've got, you figure out this entire client base of coaches. You've kind of niched in on that and you're doing UX and the, and I know you have a few people helping you, but you've got the UX and then also the building, but 
you're doing this, you're basically a totally new kind of web shop, <laughs> really. So, I mean, the, the type of person that usually your clients would be working with would be just like a web designer that doesn't have any UX design background. They're like a web design build, kind of like graphic design, marketing, like more of a marketing background and maybe like a development background. Um, but you're coming at it from an engineering background. And then of course, UX design and UX research. So what I think is so interesting is you're doing like, not just the UX design for your customers, customers. So like thinking about their end users, but you're also thinking about it from a business standpoint and how it's going to be easy for them to update their content. What kind of automations can you bring so that they can, you know, do what they love in their business. And they're not like, screwing around with active campaign or like, uh, you know, hand tagging their customers in a CRM that a lot of that stuff is happening automatically. So you're helping them run their business too and streamline that and actually thinking about them as users of their business <laughs> to go full circle. Yep. We're users of our career. Um, so yeah, it's just really beautiful alignment. So for anybody out there, so I just want to like high five you with that, uh, yeah. digital high five. Thank you. Um, we, we did that. We just did that, um, in zoom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what advice would you give for somebody out there? That's like, wow, this seems really cool. Amanda. Um, I kind of want to go out on my own maybe, but I mean, you're not, you're not a freelancer or a contractor. Um, you kind of created this whole kind of different business model for going out on your own. So to a compound question for you, what kind of people do you think would thrive doing this type of work that you're doing and what would be your advice to them, how to get started? Great question. Um, for my work specifically, you mean with the way that I've combined everything, <laughs> everything specifically about your business, maybe not like the thought leadership mm -hmm. piece and the events, but like the way that you've created this really different type of web shop to help small businesses, um, in a very kind of unique niche. Um, I mean, I could see somebody, a UX designer doing this for restaurants or a UX designer doing this, um, for yoga studios all over the country, just being really good at like building systems for yoga studios, because we know if, if anybody's tried to book an online class with a yoga studio recently, um, it's usually a mess. So like, how do you do it to make, you know, you're, you basically as a professional, you're thinking about the, the customers of the small business, but also about the small business themselves and how they run their, their digital stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think if you probably, and, and this is, this can go for anything. I think it's a really important aspect of business and your career is building relationships and being able to have conversations with people <laughs> and actually learn what their pain points are. Um, I think that was something I did when I talked with product owners on my team that were, were struggling with balancing everything with meeting deadlines and all of that. And being able to sit down and have conversations with them allowed me to understand that and then you know, make decisions around that. And I think if you're going to have your business, you need to do that with your customers as well of, you know, a lot of my clients started out as my friends or acquaintances. I met at events <laughs> that I was really interested in. And because events were something I was already doing that I really loved, 
um, I started looking at it as a marketing opportunity and meeting new people, understanding what their pain points were, and then, you know, meeting that need. But the reason I work with the people I work with is because I like them and I like their businesses and I believe in what they're doing. Like the people that have me on retainer, like those are my ride and dies. Like those are people that we support each other in business and like in the greater mission of what we're trying to accomplish. And that's a really powerful and important force for me. Um, So I think figuring out, you know, what's really important to you but also st- <laughs> the flip side of that is start small. Um, it started with just talking to people about, because th- there's a lot of education to do in these other spaces in these non-technical spaces of really understanding what user experiences, like people are mm-hmm. having a better understanding of what that means now and see it as an asset and a value add, but they still don't necessarily know tangibly what it means. And so I think there's a great opportunity to practice um, explaining it to people, showing the value and showing how you're approaching it, approaching web design in a very different way than a graphic designer or um, a web developer that have very different perspectives. So, so what I'm hearing is one, make sure the the niche that you kind of, that you focus in on is something that you're really passionate about. Right. So like, don't just do restaurants if you don't love restaurants <laughs> and eating <laughs> or like, well, yoga studio. Again, if you want to do yoga studios, like you probably should be a yogi, like, you know, do something that you're like going to love those customers. And just from knowing you and knowing the conversations we've had, I'll add to that is because there's going to be annoying shit, right? There's going to be like, oh yeah, stuff is going to break because you're doing the build too. You're working with all these other tools. You're doing this like low code development where you're sort of taking different um, uh, platforms and gluing them together and then they break and then you get a call and you have to go and, you know, there, so there is going to be that layer um, of annoying stuff. So you really should like love your clients and be behind what they're doing if you wanted to go that route. Right. And, and knowing that in those moments when that happens, that you'll both get through it (laughs) because there's a mutual like relationship there, um, of trust, of understanding that like when something breaks and I jump on it to go fix it. And no matter how long it takes me, whether it takes a minute or it takes me all day, they know I'm doing the best I can mm-hmm. and that I'm putting a thousand percent of my effort on it because we've established that rapport. Yeah. And I will say as, as somebody who it took a while to find my niche, like it took me a while. I used to walk around um, my fiance and his mom, we would go to like craft shows and I thought that I was going to be like an e-commerce product mm. website designer. And so I would go up to them. So I had just printed like all these business cards and it was just like, I'm Amanda Worthington. I'm a web designer. Do you need a website? <laughs> and it was really, and this was before I got super confident <laughs> and, and was used to marketing, but, you know, go to the areas that you're confident about pitching yourself um, and try a few. It's not going to like, 
nobody gets it right the first time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Try some, do some uh, trial and error. Uh, and have contracts. Oh my gosh. Have contracts, right, so, have built out, yes. <laughs> have contracts, have built out like outs for yourself, have time limits on things like have the ability where either you or they can opt out at any time yes. uh, or in like where there's a decision point, like a month later, if we're still working together, do we dip out or not? Yeah. Give yourself that option because it doesn't always work out. And you want the ability to do it gracefully and plan ahead for that. That's such good advice, especially considering what you were saying before, that often these are people that you like have a relationship, existing relationship with, they're your friends, they're acquaintances. That doesn't mean you don't have clear boundaries and a clear contract. That's Especially if you're full-time. If you have a full-time job as well as doing freelance and exploring this avenue, respect your own time too and your own boundaries and be upfront about it of like, yes, you want to explore and help and do projects on the side, but also remember that you, you also like having a life (laughs) and you have other, other obligations that, um, that you, you have to consider and knowing boundaries become really important, really fast in business. All right. So with with (laughs) that in mind and about boundaries and having a life, um, I know that the beginning of the year, we had a conversation about your balancing your passion for UX hustle and, and doing that coaching yourself versus doing the web design part for your coach clients. And you were feeling like the the, um, the web design part was you, you had gone too heavy into it and you weren't dedicating enough to the UX hustle side. And I, I feel like you've gotten better balance. Are you feeling better balanced now? Or do you still feel like you have work to do on balancing those two sides of your business? I think I'll always be figuring out the balance between those two sides. Um, I think because UX hustle summit is, you know, is, is now (laughs) basically, (laughs) um, that helps me. I try to think about things in, in seasons Mm. and that helps me a lot of being able to give myself grace around balancing different aspects of myself professionally as a designer, personally. Um, there are just certain seasons that are meant first focus on certain areas and that's okay. Right now is UX hustle time and that's just how it is. And that's what I want. And, and that's just how it is. <laughs> um, and so I'm focusing more on that than I am on, um, like getting new clients, especially uh-huh. like it's not a sales Amanda Worthington LLC time. It's a sales UX hustle time. Yeah. And shifting those conversations and the things I talk about have to change. Uh And that's always, I think, a struggle and a challenge for me of how do I talk about these different things that are ultimately me and the things that I'm really passionate about talking about, um, especially when they're both businesses. Uh They're both things that I'm marketing, that I'm actively (laughs) selling, that I'm actively telling people about and um, getting people aligned on. And I think there's always that balance 
of, of figuring that out and playing around with it. It's just being okay with it being confusing sometimes yeah, and not letting that be a reason to, um, to not do anything. Yeah. To get that kind of paralysis. And I, and I I think that's Mm -hmm. a lot of UX designers. We're naturally curious people. We're naturally like have our hands in a lot of things and to kind of think about the, the burners. And sometimes you have something on the front burner and you got a few things on the back burner. Um, one of my mantras, like as you were talking, I was thinking about it when you were talking about having seasons is you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And remembering that like, okay, if I'm focusing on one thing there, I, I can be the best version of myself in any category, but I can't be the best version of myself in every category. I just can't, like, I'm going to have to decide in certain categories where I'm just going to be good enough. And what good enough means like for you, like, what does it mean to be like, okay, I'm going to keep things rolling. I got to keep my current clients happy. I'm not trying to get new clients right now because we're in the UX hustle season. And then as that season dies down, you know, then it's going to be like, okay, maybe I'm going to pick back up with the clients. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we keep releasing podcast episodes or like I do like what becomes enough. And the advice that I would give to everybody listening is if you do have, kind of multiple things, even if it's just work and family, you know, work, family and your spirituality or something like understanding that, like you kind of need to rotate. And usually we can only focus on one, maybe two areas at a time. And there's going to be another area that's, that might suffer. And we have to learn how to not feel guilty about that. (laughs) And And a great way to do that is to just decide like, and define and write down very clearly, like, this is what it means to be enough in this area over here that I might be neglecting a little bit. Definitely. And I think the guilt around that is something that I've dealt with. I deal with frequently and it's realizing that there's so many other factors going on in your life that you don't even necessarily acknowledge and that that all impacts you. And even if, and sometimes by not making a decision on what season it is, it's taking up real estate uh, in the background. Oh, yes. Running a background program. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't. Because it's just like this constant buzz um, or that feeling like, uh, like some, like the other shoe's going to drop or whatever that phrases of like, I'm missing something. I'm forgetting something. And if you just decide and write it down, it makes it makes that quiet. If not go away. Yes. Yes. You don't want to have a lot of those background programs running those kind of open loops that you haven't addressed. Um, yeah. Putting it in writing to kind of like even kind of creating a little contract with yourself, like, okay, for the next X amount of months, like this is going to be on the back burner. And this is what we're going to do to make sure that it's not getting too neglected. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right for a while. And I do think that the, what is also helpful about the seasons is that there's that built-in time limit of it's just because this is the focus right now. doesn't mean it has to be forever. Mm-hmm. And that it gives you the opportunity to reflect afterwards and realize like, was that extremely draining and terrible? Then maybe I should stop doing that. 
was it the most, the best, most amazing, most lit up I've been in a really long time? Then let's do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you keep that same pot boiling that, and you mm. never kind of like take we're mixing metaphors here, seasons, boiling pots, <laughs> but like <laughs> if you have that same pot constantly boiling and you don't have time to kind of step outside and like, look at it and be like, wait a second, is this, is this the pot that I want to be working on? Or is it so yeah, being able to pause, pause and reflect. Um, and, and, and I think, and have that contrast. Yeah. And have the contrast. Exactly. I'm like, okay, this is feeling a little bit more, right. This is not feeling so right. And to kind of let yourself flow between those, those different zones. Um, and I think that this advice is only going to be for certain people. Like some people are just going to be like, don't have that. Like I need to have these like multiple areas that I'm constantly kind of pulling in and out. Um, but even for those that are very focused in their career, um, and you can even think about this for like career and potentially family. Um, how are you kind of like, sometimes like you might have more of a family season where work is like, you know, you're just, you're just doing what you need to do at work versus like, you've got a really big project or you've got a big talk coming up and you need to talk to your family about, okay, this is, this is what this means. And this is, you know, I'm going to be working a few, a few evenings, um, for the next month or two. So but, and the flip side of that and having that conversation with your manager too, uh-huh. yeah. of like, Hey, it's summer and I want to spend real time with my family because the kids are off uh-huh. and, you know, we have plans for such and such vacation or just more downtime. Um, I think that's something that I had seen. I had rarely seen people navigate well in careers. And it, I always found was so impressed with people that were able to do that mm-hmm. of whether it's planning a wedding while having a full-time career and having that conversation of I'm swamped mm-hmm. and I need to, I need to plan this wedding or it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I will take care of my clients and I will like do what I need to do, but I need you to know that this is the season right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to be running at a t- 110% or anything, which is often I mean, often the expectation is to be running at 140% or something silly. So yeah. Okay. Well, what else, what else do people need to know about the UX hustle summit? So we can, we can wrap this up because we could just keep going. Oh, we could go on. We could go on. But let's Um, not do that. The theme. (laughs) Yeah. The theme is future-proofing your career. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really important. And that totally locks into everything that we've been talking about pretty much. Yes. 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 I'm really excited for the topics that we'll be, we'll be covering and talking about. I think there's a lot of opportunity around. um, I mean, you just had a happy hour about extended reality and using OUX in that context, which is such a new and exciting and interesting field with so many different, um, challenges to face mm-hmm. and how do you have those conversations or even just like be on the lookout for those kinds of things, um, and those kinds of opportunities so that you can speak intelligently about them when they come up Yeah. and, and I mean, just how do you make yourself a, an invaluable asset to the company, to your design team, Uh to, you know, 
your career? How do you have contingency plans too? If maybe you are end up mm-hmm. in between jobs, how can you make sure that like, you know what, I can just hit the ground running. Um, I know exactly how to like go, you know, pull in a freelance client right now so that I've got, I've got money coming in and I also have new portfolio pieces coming in as well. So those are the types of things that we'll be talking about um, September 24th and 25th. That is a yes Friday and Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Um, we've mm-hmm. gotten much better times for West Coast folks than we did last year. It was real early for West Coast folks. So I think we've got better um, times. It's kind of like two half days, right? Yeah. So it's really doable, really easy to work into your schedule. We're not going to take the whole Saturday. It's just a great way to like have... Um, have a really, really effective and productive and inspiring Friday and Saturday. And then you go and you can have the rest of your weekend. Um, we're also going to have some like fun networking events and stuff, but um, yeah. So people can go to what's what URL do they need to go to now? UXHustle.org. It's the same. Okay. Way. UXHustle.org. And I, I will link all, to all of your things in the show notes. Um, Amanda's very active on Instagram and, um, yeah, I'll put your LinkedIn, your website as well. And, uh, yeah, we, ex- we're, ex- sounds great. Yeah, we're super excited to see all of you all at the UX hustle summit and happy, yeah. happy OUXing. Thanks for being here, Amanda. No problem. Thanks for having me. Come say hi to me on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode please visit objectoriantux.com slash podcast for show notes. Our soundtrack is Fighter by Ruby Bell, courtesy of Sugaroo Records. Happy OUXing! <laughs>